Hi, this is Pastor Ken Ortiz, and welcome to Real Answers to Real Questions. This podcast is designed to do just exactly that. In my 35 years of pastoral ministry, I've had hundreds of people, if not thousands, come to me with various questions. And frankly, it's so hard for people on a normal Sunday morning to come up and ask those questions. So we've created a format where you can submit your questions, and I'll do my best to provide you with as scripturally accurate an answer as I can to those questions. On the following shows, uh, Dan McMahon is going to be co-hosting with me. He has been my co-host with my radio program for many years, and he's a good friend. He's an elder in our church, and uh, we're going to just basically engage in a conversation as we go through the questions that you have submitted. All right, Ken, first question for today's podcast. It says, are Christians allowed to participate in Halloween activities such as trick-or-treat for children? Thank you. Well, first of all, we'd like to apologize uh, for—this should have been read (laughs) about three, four weeks ago. (laughs) Sorry for the lateness of this answer. (laughs) But go ahead and answer that one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and in some ways, I'm I'm glad I'm not— answering it before Halloween. (laughs) You know, this is a tough question because, you know, it really comes down to um, protecting our children from influences that we think would be harmful for them. And and part of those influences is too much sugar is just not good for you. <laughs> right from the pits of hell. Yeah. What, and, and what a lot of churches did, and we used to do as well, is provide alternative programming. And the only thing I said to our staff is we're going to provide an alternative hallelujah party or Halloween, ha, uh, harvest. Hallow, harvest party or yeah. whatever. It has to be more fun and more productive. The kids have to go back, back with fuller bags than if they went out in the streets. Yeah. Because we don't want to do something that's a, a, a just a cheap, imitation that's boring. We want to do it something that's really fun and really exciting and they look forward to. And and when we used to do the Hallelujah Party, I mean, we got to the place where we had 20,000 people showing up for that sucker. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was like a little bit overwhelming, but it was such a, a positive alternative in comparison to hitting the streets. At that time, there was a great fear of children being poisoned and putting pins in candy and that sort of thing. I think that there's there's a balance, and I think that if you're, it really comes down to what are you comfortable with. I think if you have small children and they're out trick or treating, you need to be accompanying them anymore. I just don't think you send kids out in the street yeah. by themselves, which would be my first thing, so that you can at least supervise what's taking place. And I'm kind of shocked by the macabre and, and and darkness that Halloween is becoming. I mean, there's a a level of uh, participation by people who have really dark thoughts Mm -hmm. that is kind of staggering to me. Some of the displays and finding people love Halloween because of its, you know, evil uh, import and so forth. It's just kind of dark. And I I think that if you're going to accompany your kids uh, or let your kids go out, they need to be accompanied by your parents to make sure that they're not being exposed even to things that are just too dark. Um, I don't think you can say across the board it's evil or it's wrong or it's sinful, but um, part because part of the thing is you don't want your kids feeling like they've been disconnected from the culture. I mean, I put myself in the in the mindset of a kid. I I go to church after Hall- or school after Halloween, and everybody's talking about how much fun they had and what they did and the candy they got and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And here my kid's over in the corner with their bologna sandwich and a cel- piece of celery, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> while yeah. everybody else is eating Snickers. <laughs> yeah. And and what did you do? Uh, I stayed home and did my homework. You know, yeah, yeah. 
it, it, the reality I, is the kids began to resent that. I, I think as a parent, I look back on those early years, you know, especially in the 90s when there were things like, you know, like uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers. And there was this big this big uh, push from the from the Christian church of, you know, these are evil. These are things that are – they're dark. Your, kid, your kids shouldn't be exposed to them. And so we were constantly putting parameters on the things that the kids could could watch and do and say, instead of taking the time to have to get involved and, and have discussions with them to explain mm-hmm. why and what that meant. And you know what, if you want to, but just you know, don't start worshiping a Power Ranger or <laughs> yeah. or a mutant ninja turtle or whatever. But I think we 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 sit on this pendulum and we go, we swing yeah. wildly from one end to the other instead of saying, what is our role as a parent? Our role truly is to give them a foundation of what is right and wrong, what is healthy and what is not. Mm-hmm. And I think within the parameters of the of of holidays like that, if we if we have discussions with them and talk about them, and then say, now let's go get a bunch of candy. Yeah, I think. You know, I think we can serve a purpose there. Yeah. Well, and I think we need to realize it's not just Halloween. Yeah. It, it, it can be Christmas can be just uh, as, as off base, or even Easter can end up being just as off base, and it sends the wrong message. To your point about the pendulum, what that does is it creates in a child's mind that there's chaos confusion here, and I just better figure it out for myself, yeah. and I'm going to go with what feels good. Yeah. And I, I just think that, uh, you know, if you're really troubled about what's going on in your community during this season, then I think you need to do is is either look to your church to create an alternative program or even a group of families in the neighborhood saying, say, let's do an alternative. Let's, yeah. let's do something that is just fun for our kids and not where they're raiding the neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, but it's very, you know, like I say, when I grew up and my kids were small, it's it was a very different dynamic than what we have out there today. Yeah, yeah, we had like um, pillowcases. That was our <laughs> sack, and and I remember the first ten years of my life, I my costume was a cowboy, <laughs> and I finally said, "I'm sick of being a cowboy." And my mom gives me a monster mask and, and goes, "Be a cowboy monster." <laughs> And this is how I turned out. Let's <laughs> yeah. move on to question number two. After so many years of expositional teaching, why have you changed to topical teaching, Ken? I wasn't aware that I had. <laughs> you know, I I, I guess I kind of get it. Um, the reality is that throughout my, my teaching career, if you will, uh, I've always injected certain topical messages in it because I think that there are times which we need to focus on certain things. And I I think particularly over the last few years, I've been really struck with the fact that the um, comprehension level of many of the younger people in our congregation is such that they don't even understand the basic fundamental uh, philosophical truths. I mean, what is the, what is a Christian worldview yeah. is is really kind of uh, removed, and I and I felt a lot of pressure to be able to speak to that and saying you have to understand that we're approaching this from a particular worldview. But I haven't given up expositional teaching. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a seasonal thing, and and uh, um, you know, I mean, I've well, got they're on the calendar. I've got whole series coming up. That, yeah. Well, I I would tell you, um, I I've really enjoyed some of this because I think I could see where you could say where that's that's more topical in in nature, but really what you're doing is you're taking, um, in my mind, mm-hmm. you're taping you're taking an issue that is vitally important to for for me as a Christian to understand how it relates to God, and you're honing in on that one one topic with subtopics within it, and I I'm 
blessed yeah. by by the teaching and the way you're doing it. And I I feel like I I'm furiously taking notes every Sunday because I'm getting so much out of it. So whether it's expositional or it's topical, whatever it is, I'm being blessed by it. Yeah. And I don't know that we. I don't know if it's. I don't know if we need to put a label on something like that and say it's one way or another, and one way's right and one way's not. And I'm not saying that this person who wrote in is saying that. Yeah. Um, they're probably just thinking, you know, we've always gone verse by verse by verse, mm-hmm. and so now it feels like we're dealing with topics instead, and just wondering why. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting because I look back and think I did an extensive series on the book of James, and uh-huh. I just finished an extensive series. Like, well, how much? Twenty three, twenty six weeks going through the <laughs> Sermon on the Mount. So I mean, it's yeah. pretty much verse by verse, um, and so. You know, it, it isn't like that we're not doing that. And, of course, yeah. after the after the first of the year, we're going to be going into the book of Acts. Yeah. Which the last time I went through it, I remember, how how many weeks did we go on that, Mark? We were— That was six years, I think. 200 and—it <laughs> <laughs> was like yeah. Yeah, 270 weeks going through the book of Acts. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's—you um, know, that hasn't changed. But I think yeah. the issue is not—is it—it shouldn't be so much, are we being topical— The Bigger question is: Are we being biblical? Yeah, and I, I find that um, that to me is is really the challenge because topical messages that are designed just to make people feel good and happy, or you know, ten lessons to be prosperous or things something uh, of that nature. Uh, I'm not there. That is a great point. There's <laughs> yeah. a big difference between uh, uh, on 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 ideas like that and true biblical studies. Yeah, yeah, good point. So that my my bigger concern is I want to make sure that whatever I'm talking about that it has a biblical foundation and people are understanding that where I'm coming from and my ideas aren't my own. They're coming out of the Word of God, yeah. and it's about this application of the Word of God. So, you know, we'll move back and forth a bit. I mean, I still I, like I still love teaching expositionally, and yeah. I have, that hasn't really changed. Yeah. It's just tough when, when the whole message is on one verse, and we're like, can we not move a little farther? <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guilty as charged. <laughs> And it's funny, it's you know it's bare terrible is when you do an entire message on one verse and you go home and I think to myself, you know, I could have made this point as well. <laughs> I, I didn't capture the whole idea. <laughs> well, I hope that one helps the uh, the person who asked the question. Well, this brings us to the end of our current podcast, and I hope that our responses to the questions that you submitted were helpful. If you found them to be worthwhile and this is a good investment of your time, we encourage you to write a review and uh, send us your comments. This is a forum in which we're looking to have a dialogue with those who listen. If you have questions that you would like us to answer, we'd encourage you to submit those. Uh, You can do that easily by just going to our website at www.calvaryspokane.com, and we'll take them as they come in. Just about any question is okay, but we just like to say that we try to answer biblical questions. Uh, I can't give you financial advice or medical advice, but I can tell you what the Bible has to say. Uh, We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can join with us regularly as we continue to answer your questions with what we believe are real biblical answers.